back on Young Turks. So in the post game, we're gonna have Richard Askow and we're gonna talk a little bit more about his experience on campaigns, etc. And in the next interview, I've got a very prominent conservative who became a progressive. But right now, we have a completely different conversation. Joining me now is Hassan Piker. He is part of the TYT network. He does breakdown and and now a new show, Agitprop. Hassan, welcome and. Listen, you're on because you said some things that a lot of people, including myself, find very offensive. You did not say it on the Young Turks Network. You said it on your own Twitch channel. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna take him one at a time and have a conversation about it. In the past, when conservatives have said offensive things, I have said that they should keep their job and we should have a conversation about it. I said it about Megyn Kelly, Don Imus, and Rush Limbaugh. And so here we are, I'm living up to what I said about conservatives and progressives, we're having a conversation. So you said America deserved 9-11, did you mean that? No, obviously not, especially considering the fact that while that is a very viral quote that is going around currently, if those people were at least even remotely charitable or cared about the actual truth of what I was talking about, they would understand that within context, I was simply referencing the fact that all of the foreign policy decisions and our arming of insurgent groups in the region and our efforts in destabilizing the Middle East have a direct consequence, a boomerang effect rather, if you will, in in causing 9-11. Of course, every part of what I advocate for is against violence. Uh, I I abhor violence, I think it's awful. And as a matter of fact, I was very frustrated with the fact that uh, Dan Crenshaw, a person who uh, four times voted nay on on bills that would stop arming Saudi Arabia. Uh, He voted no four times on those bills, Uh, would would turn around and talk about uh, the necessity for endless violence. And that uh, this simply was happening because these people this simply was happening because of because these people just hated us. They hated us because they hate us. I'm paraphrasing, but I thought that was awful. I thought that that was horrific. And in that moment, I said I thought at the very least I was saying that you can draw a direct line, basically that it was a consequence of all of the things that we have done in the region. This is not a controversial thing to say, which is precisely why I followed up by saying. What, why are you guys getting upset at me? There's a live chat, there's a back and forth conversation on Twitch. For those of you who are unfamiliar, said, why are you getting upset at me? Nothing I'm saying is controversial, implying that I didn't even understand immediately why what I was saying was so outside of the bounds of reason, considering that Hillary Clinton has had a similar and correct opinion on this, talking about how we did fund Al Qaeda okay, and, and Noam Chomsky and numerous other academics on both sides of the yes. political spectrum. So when you're talking about one of the causes of 9-11 being American foreign policy, it's not just Chomsky, Donald Trump has said Donald Trump things. has said that as well. I understand yeah. that, I understand yeah. that. But you understand now, and not just now, but you understood fairly soon after you said it, that saying Americans deserve 9-11 is a completely different statement and one that's wrong. No, I didn't say Americans deserve 9-11, I said America deserves 9-11. Right, but that's and still in that wrong. Moment, well, maybe you can chalk it up to English being my second language or whatever you wanna chalk it up to. Obviously, if I followed that statement up immediately with, well, we're still continuing to fund the, the nation state responsible for this. And we act like they are our greatest allies. When that kind of arms sale 
and and uh, I understand like the overall policy point you're making, Hassan. But saying it that way is clearly wrong. Yes, because it leaves people with the impression yes, that you. Yes, I I should have used more precise and and better uh, use of the language there. I I it's 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 messed up that I that I would even uh, give the opportunity to the right to to uh, try to morally grandstand on an issue like this when they. Have uh, they are 100% responsible for all of the bloodshed that has been caused? Uh, even some other outlets in the mainstream media are also uh, culpable in this circumstance. Look, 3,000 people died, and that's terrible. That is a horrific event. I've covered this issue numerous times. I've covered the politicization, the the way that media has politicized it and the way that politicians have politicized this issue numerous times. There's an article I wrote two years ago on 9-11 on Huffington Post that you guys can go check out if you wanna understand exactly what I mean. Um, but like the, these are the same people that justified an illegal war in Iraq. These are the same people that normalized this same kind of violence. And that's precisely my point is that especially a congressperson who, who suffered like who who sacrificed personally and and is now using that sacrifice to to in a very civil fashion albeit justify endless warfare is abhorrent to me i know that i was i know that i was inappropriate i understand that which is precisely why i took action immediately as soon as i realized like oh this is going to be misconstrued i don't want this to be weaponized i don't want this to be i don't want this to offend people i immediately stopped the stream I deleted the the VOD, the video on demand, and and I continued after that to to. So you deleted it before any right winger wrote an article about no, it or not? No, of course, of course, of course. I because look, I talk about uh, Nazis, crypto fascists, uh, and the alt right quite frequently. Uh, I am uh, vocally in defense of a lot of the uh, a lot of the things that they oppose. Okay, anti fascism being the primary thing. Which is precisely why I have a lot of people who are waiting, sniping, like looking to snipe comments out of context in exactly the same fashion that they did um, last night. And take it up the chain of command as quickly as possible and escalate it into a situation where I have thousands of thousands of people very publicly talking about how they want to brutally torture me and execute me. Yeah, which is weird, but whatever. I got you. So, look to me, that's monumentally important that you misspoke and that you did not mean that. If you meant it, it would be a totally different conversation. You pulled a video immediately, showing, in my opinion, that you didn't mean it. Okay, but by the way, now, that was like now there's like a whole series of lies saying that you support Al Qaeda and terrorism. <laughs> when, when, look, I, this is really important because the point you're making is Dan Crenshaw is. Uh, voting yes to Saudi Arabia and funding them, and, and Saudi Arabia has funded a lot of that terrorism. I'm going to get to the comments uh, you made about Crenshaw, which are also offensive and abhorrent. Yeah, but on that front, it's the I'm not wrong in saying that that's the the point they're making is the exact opposite of what you were actually well, saying. Yeah, the the question I would ask is this: If I am a supposedly a fan of all of the terrorism that is ongoing around the world, or a fan of Al Qaeda, as uh, some other YouTubers who have a gigantic platform have put it, then why would I be upset at uh, the the government's decision to continue uh, funding these groups? Or why would I have been upset originally at the government's decision to fund these groups? And then why would I be upset 
at the fact that we are still continuing to fund and supply arms to the Saudi Arabian Kingdom, which then happened to find their find themselves in the hands of Al Qaeda. This is all factually correct information. This is all well documented. Like the the arms that we have sold to Saudi Arabia at this point, and they are the number one country that buys the most arms from us, as Donald Trump put it, and as Reagan put it back in '86. Uh, when there was additional criticism against selling arms to Saudi Arabia, why would I criticize that if I'm if I'm in support of Al Qaeda? They're also the number one purveyor of terrorism, and that's why we fight against the Saudi government. Uh, progressives do. All right, uh, so now let's turn to the comments you made about Dan Crenshaw. Yes. So uh, in and you, uh, you know, I guess in an attempted satire, uh, made very crass comments about the eye that he lost in Afghanistan. Uh, so first of all, uh, at least everyone is assuming it's satire, including Dan Crenshaw, I'll quote him in a second, was a satire. Yeah, I don't think that the Mujahideen are actually brave. That was simply a reference to exact John Rambo 3, first and foremost, very famous reference to John Rambo 3 that featured uh, this movie is dedicated to the brave Mujahideen soldiers of Afghanistan. Uh, and on top of that, it was a reference to the fact that Ronald Reagan also considered them to be brave when yeah. he was arming them. When he escalated the arms that were, uh, when, when he increased the amount of uh, funding and, and training and arms and stinger missiles that we, we were giving to these groups that then uh, branched off and became the Taliban and became Al Qaeda. Uh, so my point was, hey, we're doing the exact same things that we have done in the past over and over again. At what point will we go, you know what, maybe we should stop meddling in the Middle Eastern affairs, maybe we should stop funding insurgency groups that we consider to be allies to ourselves and then get surprised when they turn around and use those weapons against us. Okay, I'm all about I, stopping I, the bloodshed. So I understand that and I agree with that point. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think that what you said was horribly counterproductive and offensive. We'll get to that in a second. I wanna at least show you guys what some of the things that Crenshaw and Hassan said. I had on Twitter. So when you let's go to graphic 203 here. So no, I'll get the Crenshaw in a second. Uh, 203, that's Reagan meeting with the Mujahideen. That's the reference that Hassan was making and put on Twitter. The reference 202 is the reference to the end of Rambo 3 or whatever. This film was dedicated to the brave Mujahideen fighters of Afghanistan. We did fund them. Yes, they were fighting the Soviet Union at the time. That's obviously important context, but <laughs> yeah. but we did have blowback when they turned on us. Now Dan Crenshaw, I actually thought was. Uh, Actually took it really well. He went on Laura Ingram's program today and had a lot of things to say about Hassan and the Young Turks that I don't necessarily agree with. But he has acknowledged throughout that of course it was satire. Here's his tweet. He said Hassan seems to confuse improvised explosive device with some sort of with some weird terrorist fantasy. And of course he lost his eye in an IED explosion. And he says, "LOL, sorry for tricking you, Hassan." You're no Pete Davidson, stop trying so hard. He repeated that on the Laura Ingram program today as well. And look, I think that I disagree with Dan Crenshaw's policies, but in regards to an incredibly crass and offensive joke you made, he's handled it like a champ. I agree, I agree, I think he I think he took it like a champ. I would not have expected that considering, like I said, the overwhelming amount of commentary that I've received so far on the on the issue is just very public. 
uh, displays of trying to uh, kill me and fantasizing about murdering me or whatever, which is fine. It's a part of the job. I understand. Um, having said that, however, I have to make one note. Okay, service does not guarantee uh, respect. It should not. I'm sorry. This is the exact same kind of jingo. This is the exact same kind of sentiment that leads to uh, the 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 militant attitude that the United States has. If you have served, and then on top of that, are are using that service to continue sending uh, like loads of young men and women overseas to die or to come back home uh, and, and, and fail to reintegrate into society just exclusively for the profits of the military industrial complex, then no, you don't deserve uh, respect by virtue of service. I'm sorry. Well, Haas, there's a giant difference, right? So I don't agree with John McCain's, uh, when he was alive, his warmongering, right? His policies were uh, terrible, but I do respect that he stayed in that uh, prisoner war camp and uh, when his when they said you can go because you're the son of an admiral, but he stayed with his fellow soldiers. Uh, We've had public disagreements on the way I've uh, talked about John McCain as well. Yeah, and so saying I disagree with Dan Crenshaw's policies, one thing, making that incredibly crass joke. I mean, how do you not see that it's counterproductive? Did you think that Americans would say, "Oh my God, uh, that joke is so funny," or like, like, can you not see how most Americans would say? This horrible thing about his eye injury would be offensive, and then stop listening to you. If I uh, if I considered what uh, the the popular thing to say was going to be every time I said something, I probably wouldn't be advocating for the things I believe in. The final note I will say is this: Okay, I would rather be uncivil and advocate for the morally righteous cause, which is anti-war and anti-imperialism, bringing our troops back home. Ending the unjustifiable and unnecessary bloodshed, then be incredibly polite and incredibly civil, and talk about ongoing genocide and and refuse to acknowledge it, and even worse than that, vote in favor of the government, in favor of the country that is continuing that genocide with our weapons. You can it, be as civil as you want. Yeah, if if you had said that on the TYT network. I would have pulled that video. I think it's offensive, it's over the top. And I understand you were trying to do satire, but I thought it was a terrible job at that. And I get why people are offended by it. So look, what we do here at the Young Turks is unlike any other network. We have wild, significant disagreements. And I know that that bothers people. And and so I have aired our disagreements on the issue of Russia. And almost every topic that you can imagine. So Hassan and I disagree about the that satire, to say the least. But I, what I don't want is people walking away thinking that he actually meant the the misstatement on 9/11, and and he did pull the video. To me, that's huge evidence that he realized right away that it was wrong. And look, that that. This is a talk shows are a fascinating and hard situation. They're not like a blue collar job. They're not hard in that sense. But that's why in the past I've said NBC shouldn't fire Megyn Kelly, etc. Because when you, I mean, you on your Twitch channel, you work talk for what, like four, six hours in yes, a row. That was a that was from a six hour broadcast that they clipped 14 seconds from. And if they only had clipped 60 seconds. 
instead of the 14 seconds, they would understand exactly what I was referencing and exactly what I meant. It still would be wrong. It, uh. Look, the words I used were were not the best words. I understand that. Like I said over and over again, I get that. It's not it's not good words. Um, the the joke stuff we can have a disagreement on. Yeah, we we uh, obviously have a disagreement on on the style, but ultimately. My points have always been throughout my professional career and in my personal life and still to this day, the exact same. Obviously, 9-11 was a horrific tragedy. 3,000 Americans died, okay? 7,000 troops have died since then in endless wars. And if you're spending all of your energy getting upset at me because I think that that is abhorrent and awful, maybe you should spend your energy elsewhere and realize that those who justify that endless bloodshed don't actually have the best interest of those young men and women at heart. All right, uh, I want to make a correction because it's, it's happening as we speak. Uh, uh, Representative Crenshaw was not on Lauren Grimm's program. He was apparently on the Daily Caller. Oh, uh, great. So no, it doesn't matter either way. Look, uh, it didn't happen on our air, but uh, I, again, uh, I, I think it was uh, wrong. And if if Representative Crenshaw wants to come on here, we would yeah. be very very happy. To I would him. love to ask him the question. I would love to have a conversation with Representative Crenshaw, and I, because people keep saying that I'm afraid to like address him in person or something, I'm not. I would love for the opportunity to be able to have a face to face conversation with Representative Dan Crenshaw, and ask him directly to his face why he thinks it's okay for the United States to keep selling arms to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and then have those arms turn around and get. Uh, it transferred over to the hands of the uh, the Al Qaeda. Yeah, so we got to go. And I'm just saying, look, I got to go to my next guest. But the last thing is, it's guys, no matter where you are on the political spectrum, it's okay to disagree. I think we've got to keep it within bounds. And so any comments about Dan Crenshaw's injury, I think, is out of bounds. Uh, and and I think his service was great. It doesn't mean he's right about policy, but but we got to give people their credit. And and he risked his life, and he lost his uh, eye, and and for that, uh, I, I think uh, obviously the country owes anybody who served a, a debt of uh, gratitude. All right, uh, we'll be right back with Matthew Sheffield. All right, back on the Young Turks. Uh, joining me now is Matt Sheffield. He's in the studio as well. Matt, uh, great to have you here. Uh, so you were a conservative activist. Uh, you were uh, one of the founders of Newsbusters. So no joke, not like a little conservative activist, <laughs> but a very significant one. So for people who don't know, what was Newsbusters? Uh, well, it's still around today. It's a basically an anti-media website that um, says the media is, is too liberal. They're biased uh, against conservatives. So being a founder of that makes you significantly conservative, to say the least. Uh, and you also went after Dan Rather, be even before then. Yeah, yeah. I was one of the very first bloggers, actually before there was even a word that was invented for it. Uh, and you know, we—I I was part of a group of people that said, "Well, look, this, these look like he's using fake documents here," and you know, and we proved the evidence, and that was the case. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what made you so conservative? You know, it's—it's it's an interesting. I think it was just my my upbringing. Uh, my parents uh, were—they're—they're they're very Mormon, very religious, um, and I think I just sort of came into it that way. Mm -hmm. And so. Uh, you were in the middle of writing a book about the conservative movement, is that right? I was, yeah. So, and that was sort of my trans, what made me change my perspective was that, so 
This is 2012, uh, so before Trump came along, um, I started writing a book because I thought that Mitt Romney might lose. Um, and uh, Or if he won, I didn't feel like conservatives would have learned anything uh, from the big Obama loss in 08. Uh, and in the course of writing it, basically I realized that, you know, I could write the best book ever and it wouldn't matter because they want to believe things that are stupid. They want to have policies that people hate. Uh, because they actually believe them, uh, and nothing I could say or would make them change their minds. Uh, that you know, tax, you should cut tax, taxes for rich people all the time, and uh, and who cares about poor people? Because well, you know what? Maybe they're they're morally wrong, and they deserve to be poor. Um, that's like that's a very common thought. So you thought the the root of conservatism was correct, obviously at the time you thought, but that that some of the followers were just a little misguided. And when you start doing research for the book, you came to find out they weren't the minority, they were the majority. Well, it was that I thought the I thought the leaders were just dumb. But what I realized was that well, they're both dumb and evil <laughs> for a lot of them. And in the case that like they're constantly scamming each other. Uh, and that's something that I think a lot of uh, progressives, uh, yeah, you don't see a lot of coverage of it in the mainstream press, but like conservative groups uh, have these mailing lists. Like a lot of you know media companies have mailing lists, right? But a lot of conservative organizations they rent out their mailing list to companies that are literally have been convicted of fraud, uh, and uh, you know, and and this is not just Alex Jones that does it. These are people, you know, like may, may, like Ben Carson even was hawking magical. Uh, cinnamon medical miracles. Like literally, if you just take some freaking cinnamon and and you know eat a whole bunch of it, then you'll 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 cure your cancer. Or, you know nonsense like that. Well, in a sense, isn't a conservative audience the perfect mark uh, for that? Because they're willing to believe in you know fundamental fundamentalist version of religion, uh, and they're willing to believe authoritarian leaders. So if those leaders say, "Hey, I got a magic cure for you." I mean, you couldn't find a better demographic in a sense. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of true. Um, and you know, they and and, and, you, and if you look at like again, it, 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 that's the background that they come in. Like you, you look at the quality of conservative punditry has just gone into the toilet. And this is before Trump. You know, like you look at early National Review. You know, like they had guys who were philosophers who were writing in there and professors. You know, they were writing books that you know took them years to write because they were so complex. And now you've got these people who just you know they they have nothing like Sean Hannity or Ben Shapiro. These guys don't know anything about anything, even their own ideas. They have no they they don't know what they're talking about. So you noticed the rise of white nationalism well before Trump. So a lot of people think no no it's just Trump. Why do you say it was pre-Trump? Oh well, it's totally mistaken to think that this is a Trump thing, and and it's, and you can't beat it unless you realize that. Because what happened was that for a lot of a lot, there's basically two reasons. One is that conservatives have economic views that everyone hates. So you know, Barry Goldwater ran as as the you know the the pure proof, you know, right wing economics candidate, and he got. He got wasted in 1964, and so ever since then, they've decided, well, we can't give people the full strength of our ideas 
because they hate them. So instead, we're going to get them to think about thing, other things. Um, and so, you know, so before it was, oh, we got to stop, you know, we got we to stop the communists uh, from uh, the Soviet Union. And those guys were awful, you know, they were, they were evil, no question about it. They deserve to be stopped. But on the other hand, having that as an objective doesn't mean that you can go and pick people's pockets and, you know, destroy uh, labor regulations and, you know, things like that. Uh, and so, but what's happened though is that, they they've they've done a bait and switch on their own audience, uh, and they like they'll they'll go and tell the conservative activists that you know if you if you want to protect the family, well then you need tax cuts for billionaires. Like <laughs> what does that have to do with anything to protect the family? Nothing. But they don't. But they don't. You know they don't they don't connect the dots, and and, the, and their media is so anti-intellectual that nobody ever calls them on their nonsense. Uh, and so what's happened is that the agenda that the the Republican elites pursued. Basically undermined the very things that their voters actually wanted, which was like to protect family or to promote, you know, community stability or think, you know, things that that are bipartisan wants, but like conservatives want them a little bit more, right? So uh-huh. you're not the first person to notice this, and, and there's been books written about it. But I'll tell you, even talking to you both off air and on air, it's really sunk in more to, for me that it was a very clever plot by business leaders to go find the easy mark in the country. So who are the guys who will work against their own economic interests and give us whatever we want? Well, the guys who accept things based on faith and based on nothing else. We don't have to give them evidence, we just have to say, yeah, Jesus loved billionaires. I mean, it's preposterous on its face, but they've gotten people to believe it. Or you don't even have to say that, you just have to say, these guys hate America and they hate God. So why would you ever vote for them? Don't vote for them. They're they're Satan's spawn, uh, and that's it. Like that was their plan. And so, but but in order to do that, though, you have to get these people. You have to get the Republican voters, and they have no idea what's going on and how they're being taken advantage of. Most of them. Um, and so, but the only way that they can be kept sort of, um, you know, on the reservation, if you will, to use the expression, is to keep them pissed off twenty four seven. Yeah, um, and that's what is causing this problem of of white nationalism in the country is that you've had people, some people for fifty years have been poisoned intellectually, uh, and it's having an effect on them, and it's having an effect on their children. You know, my my story is not altogether that different than yours. I mean, I was not a conservative or Republican leader, but I was Republican, and and I remember both my dad and I having this awakening, and and. It, I remember listening to Hannity in, in, in the, on the radio, and I was like, he jumped from one point to another as if they were logically connected. And even though I was supposed to be on his side at the time, I'm like, those two things were not logically connected. He just keeps talking loudly as if that's a substitute for logic. Yeah. I remember one day my dad called, who at that time had been a lifelong Republican, and he said, Jank, I was watching Bill O'Reilly. I think he is full of crap. <laughs> I was like, really, Dad? Why? He's like, he's saying things that aren't demonstrably false. And and what if you were a Republican and you were open-minded, an overwhelming amount of evidence comes in showing they don't really mean it. They don't mean any of the things that they say. Yeah. They never want to balance budgets. Mm. It's just a trick to give tax cuts to the rich. And we told you that on the program for now 17 years straight. And we, that's why we were able to predict, I said, Trump, the one thing he'll get done, not the wall, not anything you know that the white nationalists want or, or the religious people want, etc. The only thing he'll get done is tax cuts for the rich. Mm-hmm. Boom, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. But let's turn to religion. I mean, I know we've been talking about it a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but 
how do you think that they, like there's talk of Christian supremacy, right? Mm -hmm. So now there's a show on Netflix about the family, etc. Mm -hmm. And again, you were not the first ones to point it out, but you were inside the building, you know, mm -hmm. fairly significantly so. Did you see it with your own eyes and what's the point of view there? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, it's 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 for real. I mean, I I saw people, you know, say that various colleagues they believe they they, they told me so and so told me I'm going to hell because I'm an atheist. Uh, and like th th these are not conversations that normal people have in their workplace. You don't do that uh, because that's you know and 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 you know and irrespective of whether you agree with that or not, you know you just don't do that. But that's sort of um, and 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 that was one of the things that I found like so. So I uh, eventually, so I left Mormonism before I left conservatism, and uh, I became, you know, agnostic atheist. I don't, I don't believe in any religion, but I don't think that you can necessarily prove that God doesn't exist. Um, so that's my perspective. Um, but you know, but what I found was that so many people that I was interacting with, basically, the only thing they wanted was to have. For, for Christians to have more rights than everybody else, like that was what motivated them. And it's interesting. And and anybody can, if you if you you can actually look at this yourself on anybody's like a lot of people's Twitter profiles. Just look at you know a lot of these MAGA supporters or whatever you know they've got the red hats uh, on their accounts or they work for a conservative think tank. Like when they when you look in their bio, the almost invariably the very first thing it says is Christian. Mm -hmm. uh, and because that's their political, that's that's where they derive their political identity. Uh, and for them, they see that's why a lot of the you know more extreme ones have gotten so crazy. Uh, and the religious right actually was on the um, the the uh, anti-immigrant bandwagon before Trump was. There were people who are going, and in fact, Mitt Romney, when he was pandering to them in 2012, he actually said to them, you know, we we have a problem in this country. That too many God God believing people are not having children, and so as a result, we're just losing. And 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 this is he was literally repeating what became you know has become the obsession of white nationalists today. So Matt, last question, real quick. So you mentioned there they want Christians to have more rights. I'm sure that they would say no, no, we're the victims and we've been victimized in this country, and we just want to have the same rights. Oh sure, yeah. And so why do you think that they? What's your basis for saying they want more rights than the average? Well, it's oh, it's it's crystal clear. All you have to do is look at the rights they want Christians to have, and then look at the rights they want Muslims to have. So, like, they don't want, for example, that if a Muslim says, "Well, I feel like it would be against my religion to, you know, do have my child do the Pledge of Allegiance." Well, then that that person is evil; they're a devil, and they need to be stopped. Uh, but if you have somebody who says that, you know, I feel like uh, my religion says that I don't have to serve gay people at my restaurant. Well, then that's a, that's a cause we have to defend. Uh, and 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 they never. And and somebody actually told me he used to work at a, a, a religious right law firm. Uh, he actually said that we had that they had a case of a of a of a. Um, uh, an Islamic congregation was having problems with a local city not allowing them to have signs. And they wouldn't take the case. And then, literally, a few weeks later, uh, you had a, they had a Christian denomination with the exact same problem, and they took the case. Of course, <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. Matt Sheffield is a journalist. He recently worked at the Hill, uh, and fascinating story. I'd love to have you back on talk more about your experiences. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks. Okay.
All right, guys, uh, we're gonna take a quick break here. For all the members, we're gonna come back with Richard Ascow, former speechwriter for Bernie Sanders, talk a little bit about the 2016 campaign and, and, uh, and other topics uh, related to Richard uh, as well and his progressive politics. TYT.com slash join to become a member and get the last half hour of the Young Turks. We'll be right back. <laughs> 